Breaking the Panel is made possible by you and other listeners just as awesome as you are. If you want to support the show and get a little something in return, just go to patreon.com slash breaking the panel because we do appreciate the help. It's one of those situations, one of the rare situations where I'm super glad that I don't know anything about the character or the comic because it's so it's just I'm following the path as it unfolds. Really? Because I always got the impression that you were super comfortable not knowing anything on all the time. Should have saved that for the show. These days, the comic book owns pop culture. You'll find it all in the panel of your favorite comic book. Us, we're living the comics life. We're breaking the panel. Welcome to Breaking the Panel, your weekly download source for all things comic book related, from news to discussions to, is there a Batman? Is there not a Batman philosophy? You know, we put that out there. I'm Rock Out of Podcasting, Charles McFall, along with me in high def is Paul Klotz. Yo. And the man practicing for when he has to call from around the world, because he's just that famous, Chris Wisdom. Oh, I'm going to sound a lot more tired when I have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> If you have to ever do that, uh, maybe we'll all be together traveling around. I do want to take a chance to say something. We we are making huge plans in the Giant Size Team Up to be at Dragon Con this year. That's the Dragon Con uh, comic book and gaming conference that comes to Atlanta and Labor Day weekend in September. So if you're listening to this podcast and you love all things geek and comic book and fantasy, I mean, you, they've got every flavor of geek there that you can think of. And you, you've never tried one of these conventions? Now's the time, because pretty much at least one host from every show on the network has verbally at least said that they're making plans to be at Dragon Con, and we're working on a giant-sized team-up night of content and, and hilarity. And uh, even the elusive Paul Klotz is trying to make plans to, to come out of his, his northern woods and shave off all his Sasquatch hair. And I'm off off the mountain. <laughs> Calm down with you, city folk. The city folk. So yeah, that'd be awesome. I know Chris is uh, already locking in, and everybody's we're making plans for that. And I'm very excited. It's going to be a very awesome time. So go ahead and check it out, DragonCon.com, to start making your plans. And I did find out this at a meeting. I do a lot of volunteer work with them, and they said I, I had no idea till this year. They actually have a code for Delta. For members, and that's what when you buy your ticket, Quoty Fingers, they call it a membership. So you get a year, it's a year long membership that covers those four days, really. But as a member, you get a code to get discounts on Delta flights. Oh, wow. So check check that out. It's out there. So at least it's not south. That sounds like you puked all over your phone, Chris. Yeah, that's what it's been sounding like in my ear, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there's some sad news today. Uh, I am never the bearer of sad news, so one of you guys has to to handle that. Well, uh, you said the show of Batman. You are the ultimate bearer of sad news. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wrong. Wrong. No, anyways. Uh, yeah, so some uh, on a more somber note, uh, Bill Paxton passed away this past week. Um, kind of suddenly, uh, he, you know, Bill Paxton of aliens fame and weird science and so many other films uh, just, uh well and very notably to this show agents of shield he was on a couple yep. seasons ago uh so real sad uh yeah. passed away at 61 
during surgery, complications during surgery, which is really unfortunate because, you know, obviously that's far too young to go. And it's, you know, Paxton is not one of those guys that gets maybe a lot of attention for his contributions over the years, but he has been a hell of a character actor over the years. Yeah. And mm-hmm. really added a lot of, a lot to a lot of movies. And uh, the little tagline I have here is game over, man, game over. <laughs> uh, and that's with all respect because uh, I know growing up, like that is one of my iconic memories of aliens uh, was, you know, was his performance in that film and the, uh, the levity that he brought to it at different moments um, and, and, and in all a good way. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a real shame. You know, I'm getting real tired of having to sit here and uh, talk about all the people we lose all the time, but it, it, it feels wrong to not acknowledge uh, the people who contribute to the things that we love and, you know, brought us great entertainment and everything. So, you know, rest well, Bill and our condolences to uh, Bill's family and family, anyone else yeah, who's feeling feeling the loss here so a real shame yeah it, it, yeah it, I, it, even even beyond you know uh weird science you know chet the, the quintessential older brother i mean it's he played that part too perfectly um and then uh in aliens um no we, we can't forget his his, his mohawk punk in terminator watching his friend get a hole punch through him um but with at bill pax <laughs> i would not have the video to accompany fish heads so you know Another one of my, another one of my young adults. Talk about the 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 song. Yeah, the song Fish, Fish Head. He's, he's the one that Fish. directed the video for it. <laughs> Why would he do that? Why wouldn't he? Uh, so. You learn something new every day. Holy cow! No, and 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 seeing him later on uh, on Big Love on HBO, wonderful role, and 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 Bill Paxton did did great things with that. There you go. Uh, yeah, it, it, my favorite uh, since I was sheltered and did not get to grow up on sci-fi horror films like aliens or anything that was remotely scary like scooby-doo <laughs> uh, <laughs> that this is it's my parents man it's a long story uh but i did get to see him in twister and that's the first role i really he was great in twister. paid attention i mean to i don't know yeah. that that movie particularly holds up nowadays because it might be a little over the top Actually, it kind of does. We watched it with the kids yeah. uh, not long ago, and I mean, yeah, it's a little over the top, but it's still a really entertaining, fun movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I enjoy it every time I watch. It. Just it's the same, famous Tombstone. Um, but the, I think the thing that's been mm, yeah. weirding me out is is when the news broke, the the movie they kept attributing it to was Titanic. Titanic actor Bill Paxton dies. I'm like, really? <laughs> like a whole five minutes, he was in that three hour thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I get it. He was in it, but he was—he was an ERP brother. Come on, <laughs> right? The way people see big movies being big, you know, uh, I love like when a, a a person becomes a a much more notable star. All of a sudden, the thing that they had five minutes in, if that, <laughs> as an up and coming actor or actress making a cameo, or you not a cameo, but you know, as an extra, all of a sudden they're on the front of this movie. Yeah, you know, repackage and put it at Walmart three dollar bin. Yeah, that's why I think it's much more fair to talk about like his his roles in Aliens and Twister and stuff like stuff where he played a prominent role and and brought a lot to those productions. You know, um, absolutely. And directing the video for Fish Heads. Come on, we cannot. Un- <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. So I, I mean, I know the song. So I grew up with Doctor Demento, which was a radio show, and one of the only ways when I grew up to get alternative anything, right? And Doctor Demento was. Uh, comedy music. Weird Al had a lot of stuff played on there. 
I couldn't mm-hmm. honestly tell you a lot of artists, but I remember Pencil Nut Geek. Yep. And uh, she stole my coconuts. Yeah. Uh, Chris, you got to know this one Star Trek in Across the Universe. Tom Lehrman, uh, you know, Poison Pigeons in the Park. Or Lair, sorry, Tom Lair. Yeah. 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 So, uh, but yeah, there was a song, and it's really weird. And it's this almost mocking chipmunk singers going, fish heads, fish heads. And I honestly don't Holy remember. Holy fish heads. Fish there you go. Heads, fish heads, eat them up. Yum. My kid yeah. loves this song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't. It's just weird. I don't want to presume to know what those who have passed before us are going through in the afterlife, <laughs> but I'm fairly certain Mr. Paxton is is rolling around wherever his soul resides. Oh, no, 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 no. He's got Prince and Bowie singing that song for him <laughs> yeah. right now, man. Prince and Bowie singing fish heads. Okay. Dude. No, seriously, uh, I don't know who all sees what I post. I mean, I don't see half of what I want to see. Like, I'd like to see more of Clot stuff, but I got so many things on my page, blah, blah, blah. But I shared this video that somebody else posted up where Disney Channel at one point had done a long-forgotten version of The Muppet Show because I grew up with the original, and then the new one that came on ABC in 2015 was, eh, whatever. But there was a, a version on the Disney Channel that they did. Apparently, Prince was on it. And so I just shared the post, like, remember that time person on the Muppet Show? And I was thinking the seventies, and it wasn't it. Mm-hmm. But they challenge him to 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 make up a song, and he makes up a song about these menu items that this really weird menu items. But when he sings it, he makes sense. You know, Prince can sing just about anything, and it's like, not only does it sound great, and I bet you that sells a million albums. It makes sense. It's like, how do you do that? Sorcery. <laughs> Sorcery. Uh, so Chris, yep. you are a huge fan of Rebirth. I, I, I'm thinking, right? You you really enjoyed the actual Rebirth book, and you've been following some of the storylines. Yep. Yeah, I remember you, you being positive about that. I went to the library this week, took my daughter over there, and as we do, we both peruse the comic book section. And uh, they had the hardback Rebirth edition mm-hmm. there at the library so I picked it up. I was actually a little surprised because I saw news not that long ago going, oh pre-order now and it's a hardback collector, blah blah. The thing is small. I expected a big, you know, tone whenever they release it. I thought it was going to be all the number one issues and blah blah blah. No, apparently at least what I got my hands on was literally just the hardback version of the, the eighty six book page. rebirth. Yeah, the eighty six page. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But with that being said it was really good. Yeah. It was really good. And I couldn't help more than once, Chris. went, Oh, I know exactly what they're referring to. Thanks to Chris Wisdom. <laughs> oh, I know exactly what they're referring to here. They said Chris Wisdom. And then there's one part. Uh, it's one of the third part. While he's trying to reach out to people, whatever. It's the third or fourth time he does. It, I can't remember. That I didn't know. I didn't know what they were referring to exactly in that particular story. But I got I got the Crisis on the Infinite Earth. Mm-hmm. I got uh, uh, Flashpoint, mm-hmm. of course, uh, and there was one other I got, and I read all of those because you kept going, you got to read these things, man, you got to read these things. So it was really cool, and I, I, I did like the, the artwork to it and how they did the suits and everything. So I just wanted to bring that out, that the Filthy Casual finally got around to it, and it's, it's pretty damn amazing. That's good. So I was impressed. So you, you got knowledge based on me, but then your opinion was formed by DC on screen? <laughs> <laughs> I don't 
don't know that they've read this thing at all. I don't recall them talking. I think I think they did talk about it. It's been so long. I don't know. I don't remember what we talked about. So you know, I can get by with saying I don't remember what they talked about whenever it first came out. I enjoyed it. Did you not? I mean, I thought you liked it. I mean, maybe. What? <laughs> Maybe. Well, so here's the thing. Chris is joining us, like I kind of alluded to earlier, he's joining us via phone, and it is throwing some things off here. Uh, but Chris, I, did you hate the costumes? or Because you were positive about the story. Mm-hmm. What is it that uh, you're giving me some, some malarkey about? I'm giving you some what about? Malarkey. I said malarkey. Malarkey. Because we've chosen not to swear on the show. Mm. Oh, um, well, we you use the royal we. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yes, in that case, I really do. Oh <laughs> uh, no, I didn't have any problems with, with costuming as on uh, in, in which parts. I guess is, is, I should get that clarification. Like, I, I still well, don't like at the it. end of this particular book, it actually shows it shows Batman, Superman, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Flash, uh, maybe one or two others, and some of them it shows the New Fifty Two what it was and then what they did. But it's essentially a gallery in the back mm-hmm. that showed what they changed on the suits. I really liked the flash suit with the extra lightning going no, around. Yeah, yeah. That was really cool. So some, of them, some of them I didn't necessarily have a problem with like flashes. I didn't, I didn't have a problem with Batman was basically Batman. Now when new 52 first happened, they all like all of them went with this weird armored look to it. Um, where really yeah. it, adding, adding extra lines all had some weird armored look to it. Now, Superman, they, you know, they, the, the, the hated red underwear, which when it's on the outside, I don't understand how you call it underwear, but I digress. Um, you know, he went to an armored Kryptonian uniform or whatever the explain away was on that. And then even the new Superman or the, the pre new 52 Superman, as he's come back into the light, he is pretty much a solid blue costume. And I think my problem with it is it's, it's even gone one step further where they've removed the red boots and you know the the band at the top of the boot where it was almost like a, a W on his shins, that line no. all the way around the boot is like the only red on that costume, other than I think some highlights in the belt area and then the cape and the S. They they really removed. He's just this big mass of blue now that it bothers me from a does it just make an aesthetic you blue? standpoint. It does make me a little blue, but I've got pre. Do da da dee da. <laughs> thank, you, thank you for being on the same wavelength yeah. for that. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to begrudge them too much because I got pre 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 new fifty two Superman back. Uh, I mean, I'll take what I can get. I got you. I can, I can feel that. And I, de- I definitely. I never read any new fifty two at all. Uh, and I heard lots of complaints from you and from the FTC on screen from maybe others. I don't know, uh, but nobody really cared for the changes in that universe i love what johns did here with the uh, touch uh, the touchstones of infinite earth and flashpoint and and whatever else he was referencing that i didn't fully understand that instead of being a reboot like those are in marvel right you've got x-men here and you've got astonishing x-men you've got this other one and they're not always the same universe right, right. you might read one X-Men book that's this universe. Let's just I'm sure they have names and yes, I'm the filthy casual, don't remember all. But say it's universe one, and then you know, you read this other different X-Men book that's titled differently. It's a whole different timeline, a whole different universe. What it felt like that he was doing with DC here was instead of saying, Oh no, no, those don't exist, he 
he used the touchstones to keep it canon, right? In my my opinion, mm-hmm. and let's going forward. This is this is why things are changing, and it, it felt like a nice little reboot without going. None of that other stuff matters. You know, everything still mattered, but we're going to be able to remove some parts and keep some of the stuff we liked, and so on and so forth. I I, I found that very no, and that's, that's entertaining. Yeah. All right. So in humans, now Chris brought this one to the table. <laughs> so yes, I I am I am fully aware of my lack of memory on on certain things. Uh, I I will stand by the hullabaloo thing, where it was the wasn't in my public library, so I totally forgot about it. And, and Chris got me, but you know I pulled the whole in humans going to TV. Totally forgot that conversation. But the other night, Chris started finding casting notices for inhumans and i couldn't resist right gloss immediately got in our chat and went what are you talking about are they making this thing a tv show now and because everything's in text i i, I imagine chris knew i was you know being you know stupid on purpose but he reacted exactly the way i wanted it made me laugh so hard about flipping the table and that was me this charles and the other. And, oh you yeah, flipped the table t- yeah that, that was, was you that, that was text all. was me I knew, I, yeah. you yeah. moron <laughs> I gave you Chris you credit. Bait you should feel Chris good about out. yourself. I take the bait to play along, and you think Chris takes the bait. Like it was late at night, and things happened. I just love that I got the reaction I was hoping for. It was fun. Thank so you. you so basically, you patted yourself on the are, back. Are we still talking about our tech? Or are we talking about? Yeah. Jeez. I I'm not catfishing clots. No. Out overnight. <laughs> it was late and things happened. I don't know. Okay, Charles. Uh, so, <laughs> shut up, fool. Uh, tell me about the, the. We've got Black Bolt and Medusa both cast in the Inhumans. Marvel's Inhumans cast the Helen Wheel star as Black Bolt. So we've got Anson Mount as Black Bolt for the TV series, which I know, Klotz. I know you've already told me we're never going to get. Uh, Vin Diesel. I just, I just really wanted Vin Diesel. I mean, uh, he would have to be willing to be on a TV show instead of a movie. But he's yeah. a big movie star. He would yeah. have to not be involved with Guardians of the Galaxy anymore, probably, because that just doesn't really work. And yeah, it is unfortunate because I think he would have done a great job. <sighs> but this casting is fine. I mean. This, this gentleman looks the part. Uh, interesting thing mm-hmm. that came up. Okay, so uh, I had seen this, and then uh, a good friend of mine uh, hit me with it on Facebook. And I was my response was literally, he white, though. And I what, what, what that established <laughs> is that I have a weird Berenstein Bears thing going on in regards to Black Bolt. <laughs> With the fact that because of because of the art style of the original 90s run of Inhumans and then all of the rumors of having Vin Diesel, who's, you know, of darker skin, not necessarily a black man, but, you know, sure. Um, in my mind, Black Bolt is, you know, a darker skinned guy, not necessarily a black guy per se, but, yeah, but okay. you know, like, yeah. uh, but he's not because I Googled it in every piece of art, every place else has him as like prominently mm-hmm. a very white dude, like a, a bleached out white dude, you know, like a very white dude. And I was like, yeah, that's how Jack Kirby draws him. 
or how, them. <laughs> yeah, for me, I was like, how did I, how did I in my mind kind of warp this character to be a certain, you know, you know, indescript, now is it also, you know, like state of like ethnic ambiguity. You know what I mean? It just, it was really weird. And um, it doesn't matter at all. Like, what? it's just one of those weird things in my head. I was just like, shouldn't they have gotten somebody? And then I was like, no, I'm I'm a dummy. So I pulled a McFall. I just wanted to share that with you. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to share that with everybody that, uh, that I, I, I did a silly thing. But it was really interesting because it, it highlights that whole Berenstein Bears uh, effect, which we're not going to get into here. But if you're familiar with it, basically the idea that um, – that's not, I guess that's not how you pronounce the, I think it's Bernstein bears or something actually, but like how a whole generation of people can grow up thinking that something was, you know, read or pronounced a certain way. And then as adults go look at those books and realize that it's completely different. I had the same thing going on with this character where I went years in the back of my mind, thinking of them as a certain type of, you know, ethnic back, not ethnic background, because he's an inhuman, so it's not really like that. But you know what I mean? Like, I had a certain idea of what he kind of looked like, and he wasn't that. And I was like, how did I get there? You know, it's just a, a weird, uh, interesting little thing. And uh, yeah, so no, this this casting yeah, is rock either. solid. Um, he, you know, as it was pointed out to me, he's got the chin for it, which is a big deal, because, you know, Black Bull, if he's wearing his costume, which I assume he would be um has almost his entire head obscured much like batman's cowl except for the the mouth and chin area and so and a little bit around the eyes so it's you know when you're that kind of a costume you have to have a presence in what little bit of your face is visible and this gentleman absolutely does um i'm not really familiar with his work i've probably seen him in a few things i just not picked up on it but you know i'm I'm sure I've, I've, I have I've seen. Go ahead, Chris. I, go ahead. I, I haven't seen Hell on Wheels, but I'll tell you when I first saw the picture, I thought it was Casper Van Dien at first. Mm. I thought I thought I thought Johnny Rico, the dude looks like he and Johnny Rico could be brothers. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I, I watched some Hell on Wheels. I think, but it's been a long time. I watched four or five episodes of the first season, and it is a number of years ago that I saw it. Um, I I think this is the main character guy. And if it is, he he in Hell on Wheels, the the main antagonist or protagonist, he's broody and quiet most of the time and he speaks with a low voice anyway. So the fact that he's not going to be speaking, he will be, I I think you're right. I mean, he's going to be able to carry, carry this character. And what, well, you know, but class going back to the Black Bolt not being white in your mind thing. I think that's a uh one of those things where it says read the color and it spells out blue, but it colors it red type of deal. For, uh, combined with the fact that comic books aren't usually that creative with names. So white lightning is usually a fast guy <laughs> who's white and black thunder is usually a black guy who throws thunderbolts. No, you know? that's, that's not so, fair. Cause there's like black cat and you know, there's a number of Dr. Thunder, you know, there's lots of characters that have a color in their name. And it doesn't necessarily make a statement on their right, but but come on, giant was was called uh, Black Goliath for a while. <laughs> um, yeah, I, like, yeah, oh, I mean that's I fair know. too. 
but yeah, no, it's just one of those weird things. I, I think it really had a lot more to do with uh, the art style of that original run in the nineties. It was colored very darkly because it was a, it was a very nineties book. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it, it was almost like I had a sepia wash all over it. You know what I mean? And uh, so in my mind, I think I formed this idea that maybe he was, you know, of a darker skin. Um, and then of course, Vin Diesel being very tan and, you know, Mm-hmm. you know that kind of look i love skin. yeah yeah exactly so you know it was just one of those weird things and then i was like i said when i googled it man i was like picture after picture after picture including the maa pictures i didn't have black bolt and maa so that was another thing uh when i played marvel avengers alliance i didn't have black bolt because he was a uh he was one of the spec ops characters and he was stupid expensive and he wasn't very good anymore. So there was no point in me getting it. Um, and I thought yes. he was of ethnic persuasion. So another reason to not. <laughs> yeah. Cause I totally thought, you know, he was, thanks Chris. Yes. You know, we're going to get letters about that now. Make sure you address Lons, them. Pulp. That would be Lons is a dirty would... racist. Why is he on the show? Please email us at btp at giantsizeteamup.com. That's B's and breaking T's and the P is in panel at giantsizeteamup.com. <laughs> yes, please feed us your hate. <laughs> <laughs> well, along along with Black Bolt, we have Medusa, who is going to be played by Sorinda Swan. I did not recognize her name. And then on the article itself, it didn't have a picture of her. But it says, oh, she had recurring roles. And that's how they listed it. She has recurring roles in Graceland. And Breakout Kings, which is a show I actually watched, was Breakout Kings. And she is actually was a series regular. She's good. I think she will. I, from what I saw in Breakout Kings, I enjoyed her character, which is saying a lot because, honestly, maybe it's uh, something that's wrong with me. I don't know. But I have a very hard time liking most female actresses on TV level. They it, Just something about it. It... it, it well, it's case by case, but in general, that takes I, me off the hook for being a racist because you're clearly a sexist. No, no, no. Racism is way worse than sexism, man. You know, uh, but I liked her is what I'm saying. I liked her style and uh, of presenting and bringing the characters to the screen. Because like like uh, uh, you guys have seen uh, that J.J. Abrams one with Pacey from Dawson's Creek and uh, uh, shoot Fringe. The one was at two hours had Leonard Nimoy in it. Oh. Um, I people are screaming the name of the show, and I am just blanking now. You're talking. Uh, Tom, I was on Fox. Tom Cruise's wife was that Pacey? On? No, 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 no. This is a TV show. TV show. No, 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 no. TV but show. Wasn't that Pacey? Wasn't that the uh, what's her butt? Was Tom Cruise's wife right? The ex? No, no, what's no. her butt? No, no, no. <laughs> I thought Pacey was one of the guys. Pacey, Pacey is a guy. Chick. Okay, yes. I don't know. I didn't, yeah. I didn't watch I've, Dawson's Creek. I, I, I have literally never watched an episode of Dawson's Creek, to my knowledge, and yet even I knew that. So that's Josh. I've, I've seen one or two. Yeah. It's so like, Josh Jackson is. Pop culture, man. Come on. That's not pop, pop culture. culture. That's not pop Wisdom. culture. I'm not like getting into I mean, Oh, I mean, yeah. It was dude. a pretty big not, part of the 90s. I mean, I am not going to get into I mean, the flamey on hate that, that Charles will bring. With <laughs> I'm just saying, Katie, there, she she's definitely full of pop culture. My fringe. I said fringe. fringe. The show's trying to think of. Sorry, you, you get lost in me talking. Sorry. I was busy talking. I wasn't yeah, listening. I, well, obviously. <laughs> yeah, fringe. That was it. 
Uh, I I loved the show. Didn't care for the lead actress ever. You know, I just felt like her performance was dull. And what's funny is lifeless. I can't remember who the lead actress is right now. See, I can't even. I'm not form wrong. It in my mind. I might I might be presenting this in a sexist and very meat-handed kind of way, but I'm well, n- I'm I mean, not incorrect you know, it, here. It's fair to say that some TV actors aren't particularly notable. I mean, some of them, in fact, aren't. The, the intent is not to have them be particularly notable. You know what I mean? I mean, usually a lead on a show you want you want them to stand out because you want them to be a draw. You know, uh, and. Yeah, I mean, it's easy for people, even if they're series regulars, to sometimes just not not really stand out. There's plenty of shows I'm sure we've all watched where there's somebody on it that put in fine work but just didn't stand out, you know? Um, I, I kind of see what you're getting at, though, too, Charles. Like, uh, I, I don't I really don't want to jump into the sexist boat with you, though, so maybe I'll just let you... <laughs> Maybe I'll just let you float off on that on your. No, I mean, I, I think, um, I think it's fair to say that. I'm not saying I like all men. I'm just saying, you heard it here first, folks. Context of maybe, maybe, maybe Charles is a symptom of the problem. So let's let's look at misogynistic out. How misogynistic Hollywood is and has been in the past. So mm-hmm. maybe the problem is, is Charles isn't identifying with female characters because female characters haven't gotten the good roles. They've always gotten I the was... support of the support of okay. the support roles. Yep. Yeah, I was be in the background just... and every once in a while do something important. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. I was gonna say that a lot of times female characters that are written for TV aren't fully fleshed out three dimensional characters that have interesting plot hooks and you know contribute equally to the story which is unfortunate i mean obviously in in some entertainment that's more female focused you know that's more of a a thing where yeah those characters get fleshed out a lot more because that's the the impetus you know they're the the target audience is a feminine one which is fine um like dawson's creek or gilmore girls but wait right (laughs) i I didn't actually watch Austin awesome Street, but you were shut up about Gilmore Girls. <laughs> you and Paul. I'm not saying anything because the last time we even remotely discussed Gilmore Girls, I I was apparently a fanboy. Um, and I don't need any more of that. Pick up line. You want to come over Gilmore's and chill? <laughs> <laughs> it gets all the dudes. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, that's the thing is a lot of a lot of television, the female characters are kind of crap. Let's be real. And there's a fair, you know, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to go out here. I'm going to jump in this boat with, with Charles. There's a lot of actresses out there who work in TV, who have no dimension at all to their performance. They show up, they, you know, they do the job, but there's nothing interesting. You know what I mean? Cause I, I can think of like when you flip through the channels or whatever. So a lot of times you have TV shows with just these one dimensional characters, both men and women, but like in particular, it's like for some reason, network execs want to put eye candy in a lot of shows. And so they just get, you know, these, these actresses that don't really have any range. They don't have any personality. They're attractive generally. You know what I mean? There, there's nothing wrong with that, but like, come on, like, you know, Make, let's have some interesting female characters that stand out. Um, 
Smallville is a perfect example. Erica Durant as as uh, um, Lois Lane, Lisa Vandervoort mm -hmm. as a uh, Kara uh, or slash Supergirl. I mean, fun to look at, not the best acting. And you look at where their careers have progressed to, probably to the level of the talent. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I, last where? I saw Erica Durant, she's on some off way off network doc uh hospital drama or something about ghosts in a hospital what is it mm. saving hope something <laughs> I, I can't remember you know. yeah no idea um so, but on that same note you look at like supergirl for example and that has the opposite going on where it has a mm -hmm. number of prominent female characters a number of really great performances by actresses you know that stand out um mm -hmm. You know, so there's that. I mean, I, I actually that's one of the things that I really enjoy about Supergirl is that it, it's a it's a female character driven show and it it's not ham fisted in that it's it flows very well and it speaks to the it's targeted, you know, it's targeted audience in a way that is accessible to everybody else. Because I, mean, I really honestly don't feel like Supergirl was made for us, per se. I mean, it, it's comics you know, it's good DC comics, it's good DC stories and characters, but I, I think it's, it, you know, it's, it's target audience is definitely a female audience. And I think it's, you know, you're probably your adolescent, like preteen teen girl all the way up through primarily. And then of course, studio execs realize that if you have a comic book show, we comic book nerds will crawl out of the basement and flock to it. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, th that's an added bonus, but I definitely think the writing and the tone and the focus of the stories has been more feminine, which is not a bad thing. Yeah, because no. they're, they're doing it no, very no, well. And... It's not a Mary Sue situation either. You know what I mean? So, no, go ahead. Yeah, it's not a Mary Sue, and it's not about, uh, you know, this week on Supergirl, Kara has to figure out how to get Monel to buy her tampons for her. You know, it's, 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 it's not, it's not, it's like you said, it's not ham fisted. I mean, it's, right. it's accessible from the from the comic book geek aspect because they're they're doing comic book stories. It just happens to be a female lead character that it's well written from the perspective of female lead characters. I mean, let's mm -hmm. be fair. Um, and and the emphasis uh, is good. Like uh, on the you know, I, I I would argue that the emphasis is good on what I find to be a traditionally female perspective on the scenarios that are presented. You know, there's a big emphasis on family. There's a good emphasis on you know, being a role model and all this stuff, which, which is a universal concept, but like they they don't dance around the fact that, you know, she's, she means a lot to a lot of people. They embrace that and they mm -hmm. run with it. You know what I mean? And that she's kind of like a forerunner for that whole idea. And I think that's fantastic. And I just wish that other shows embrace that kind of mentality where you can have strong female characters with interesting you know, plot and uh, story significance that aren't just eye candy, you know, that aren't just who they can show on the, you know, 20 second spot that they put on in between episodes of CSI or whatever other garbage is on TV yeah. day to day. Um, you know what I mean? Sorry for CSI fans, but <laughs> it's crap. Well, you didn't specify which one. So maybe, maybe you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're just using the, the general with CSI. Yeah. But and I think I, and not to once again, you know, bring it up, but I think that Supergirl gets the benefit, honestly, of Man of Steel and BVS because she gets to fill that void of what I've long maintained is what's missing in the Superman from that 
that universe is that 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 sense of hope that Superman is supposed to make people around him feel and that 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 want and that desire to be better and raise everything up around you. That's that's the feeling that you get when you watch Supergirl. You don't get that in those 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 DCEU movies. And that's a void with that S shield that's been left wide open. Yep. And I, I think people no, can I go agree. there and get that fix. I agree. I mean, that's definitely one of the things that the um, the the DC films have failed to capture is that hope and that uplifting tone that Supergirl it from the very first episode has run with the whole time. Even when things are at their darkest, there's some character who's like, no, we're not going to give up hope. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not always Kara, you know what I mean? Which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes she loses her way. Sometimes she loses faith. And, and that I think is great because that's an honest story. And I think that's what they've been trying to do with Superman's characterization in the DC films. But that's not, you know what I mean? They're, they're not doing it effectively because he's coming off as aloof and distanced and like kind of edgelord, like hyper emo. In a way, yeah. Well, that and I mean the characterization of the people around him, as far as you know, mm-hmm. people that save him. You're you're in one of two camps. You're very polarized, and you either hate Superman or you deify him. And there's a whole spectrum of middle ground that they are not even beginning to capture. Mm-hmm. That they, they which just, Supergirl yeah. also captures. Uh, I forget the name of the uh, the billionaire tech guy. Um, but like I haven't watched this season, but it, oh, you Lord know, Max Max Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he very much had that stance where he like initially doesn't trust her at all. She's an alien. She's a threat. But then, as time goes on, he realizes that she has purpose and contributes and is capable of doing things. He still doesn't really like it, and he he's trying to get the upper hand at any given time. But he's pragmatic and realizes that maybe she's not like this hyper evil entity that he initially perceived. But at the same time, he's going to he's Batmaning it. You know what I mean? He's going to take the steps to try to be the person who has their thumb to the button of power in this regard. So that they're, you know, because he sees himself as the moral high ground, moral authority on it. Um, But yeah, I mean, we're way off topic here. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But 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 it's good. Yeah, it's a good discussion about like one of the things that makes Supergirl a slam dunk so far is that it is what. I know a lot of my female friends have asked for like my, my female nerd comic nerd friends, you know, people who want to see themselves represented in media in a way that is meaningful. This was, you know what I mean? Like this is a step in that direction. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and, and that's what maybe we need more of in other shows. So I'm hoping, you know, Charles, based on your feedback over this Medusa casting, you liked her. I think that sends a strong mm-hmm. message. Yeah. I trust Marvel in their casting. I can't think of a single role that has been cast in any of the Marvel projects, especially since you know the MCU's inception, that has been bad. I can't think of anybody who phoned it in, who came up short. You know what I mean? Like not a single person who stood out to me as that wasn't the right, you know, the right person for the job. Um, everybody's done an exemplary job. Like across the board um i haven't liked the way they've always handled characters i haven't always liked the way that they kind of discarded characters but the casting's been on point which is good yeah you know what i mean so i in marvel i trust as far as casting goes i don't think they'd hire anybody who isn't going to carry their weight 
And so the, this is exciting news. Yeah, and I to kind of bring it back to what I do like, uh, and I can't say that Supernatural's always handled it appropriately, but I know for the first number of seasons, when a female character that wasn't a love interest or eye candy, because they, the characters were playing to that, but when it's a serious character, female character, well acted, well done, well written. I mean, Joe, if everybody watched Supernatural, Joe is all of our mamas, right? I mean, she's just was this amazing take no nonsense from these two guys and and put them in their place and helped raise them and so on and so forth. I mean, really good female character and female acting. And then the show goes and kills off every female that is good and, and throws more eye candy at you. So I'm not saying that Supernatural handles it appropriately. I'm just saying my taste I mean, and acting can be kind of followed that Supernatural way. Supernatural is kind of just a smorgasbord of eye candy, is it not? Yeah, yeah, for the most part, unfortunately. I mean, um, and, and they did some stuff that was non-eye candy. And it, for me, it resonated, but I guess for the CW audience, it did not. So they killed off those characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so there you go. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to more. I, I, I still, I still dislike the eggs that we live in that we can know all the stuff. And yet when are we going to get to see it? I don't know. Well, if, so, I mean, they're doing casting announcements this week and a little bit of last week. So it, it's, they're moving forward. They'll probably mm-hmm. be, they'll, oh, yeah. they'll start production within the year here and we'll probably see it early next year. I would expect. Yeah. And, and, all right. And, we and, might well, even see it for the fall block this year, depending on how fast they go. Ooh, yeah, and, and there's yeah. there's a few road bumps that they're gonna have to figure out how to write around and 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 jigger some things because you know the blue Cree that didn't go off so well last season on Agents of Shield are still yeah very much a thing in that universe. So they're gonna have to figure you know something out about that. So give them some time. I, yeah. I, and that's what I was gonna. Oh, good. Well, I was going to ask, is, is this a part of the same universe as S.H.I.E.L.D.? I mean, so far, Marvel has not split off universes, no. but that's not it's saying that's no, and, okay. and I don't know. I don't know that that would be the right choice if they decided that this was going to be where they were going to make that stand. No. No, I, I would honestly like to see it handled that if, if they can get it lined up correctly. Basically, towards the end of this season of Aces of S.H.I.E.L.D., introduce the royal family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then let the show kick off from there. Let's be the last season of Agents of Shield, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm still watching it, but this—I've been caught up every season except this season. I'm like two or three behind on this season. It's just staying that I way. Can't. Uh, not intentionally. It's just—it's just not going. Oh, Shield's on this week. Right. It's, oh yeah, hey, we got like a couple episodes when you need know, to catch I, up on. If I can, if I can take a moment, I—I I really do think that they just spent all that capital with me. Is the problem. Like they, they the, the week to week excitement used to be a thing and they've failed to pay off so many times now that I just don't feel it. Like, I don't, I really don't care. I like the characters too. That's the worst part is I like Fitzsimmons oh, is yeah. great. You know, like I actually like it. All the, all the original core cast members are great. You know, I like people that they've added, but I mean, last season they gutted some of their more interesting characters for that spin off that never happened. Yeah. Um, and it's just it sucks you know what i mean like in this the direction they've yeah. taken the story even in this season like i really like robbie i like robbie reyes i think they did a great job casting him he i like him in the story i just wish they had done that a season ago you know what i mean yeah. and we didn't get that last season that was just so rough so so yeah they've spent a lot of their capital with me and that's a problem um See, and yeah i for for my from my perspective um after after the Ghost Rider stuff, 
when they initially sh- shift into killer robot mode, I was kind of taken aback and I was a bit leery. I was like, mm, I have a problem with this. But the last few episodes, I've really, it's like I said a couple weeks ago, I it's got me back on board with this show. And I I, I tune in weekly saying, I want to see what they're going to do next. So they they got me back, but I'm probably well, at least the somebody one. does. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I want to see what they do now. I will watch it all. I've just I have lost a little of my momentum. I just yeah, it, I, I kind of want them to find a way to wrap it up and then nuke it from orbit. <laughs> hey, you know what? Maybe then humans just to, will, will just do to that. be sure. Because <laughs> then, if we can keep Colson around, man, that's all I really ask for. See, I don't, I love I don't want to keep They're, Coulson around. Yeah. If I'm honest, because I, well, I think okay. he's played out now. I like him. He's mm. great. His performance is great, but it's just it's boring like that's my problem is that it's boring his character is no longer that compelling if anything you want to argue mary sue they've mary sued the crap out of colson at this point he just keeps you know coming back at the like he's always showing up at the last minute and you know Uh being super guy you know what i mean and it's just like i don't know the 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 beauty of colson in the original avengers film was he was the sacrificial lamb it was a heartbreaking mm-hmm. moment. He was, he was a character that you enjoyed. You know what I mean? And he, he had been used sparingly. When they keep jerking him around on the show, you know, with like they gave him a love interest and then they ripped that away from him. And like, he's just like, he's not going in compelling directions for me. He's just continuing to be Colson, which is fine, I guess. But like, it's not interesting anymore. I guess I also didn't really dig the whole him come stepping down as mm-hmm. uh, as director thing because I don't I, I do like the guy that they I like the new director I like the casting for that right. he's yeah. really dynamic casting. Um, now keep in mind I'm still back in the Ghost Rider stuff, right? And so, he's got some nice there's right. there's some nice character work coming up with with him specifically, mm-hmm. but it allows yeah. it allowed Colson to take a step back and do more of what more of the covert ops type things. Cause mm-hmm. when you're sitting in the director's chair, you don't get to do the field work and do the things that we liked it when Colson was doing kind of makes right. him boring. And I mean, in this, what you were saying is one of the main reasons that Joss Whedon's always said, in my opinion, jo- Colson's dead and should never come back because you lose that thing that formed the team. In mm-hmm. my opinion, when you are post civil war and the team is already destroyed, this is, this is how you not only bring Colson back, but you elevate him. You make him the new, the new Nick Fury. Behind the scenes, pulling all the strings, he comes in every once in a while, maybe. You know what I mean? But yeah. and I definitely think they should they should reduce his role. But you can bring him back in the movies to fill that to fill that, that Nick Fury void, mm-hmm. and just make him just a little bit a little a little bit more cagey. You know? Yeah, yeah. A little more. I've been burned too many times. Uh, lots of great stuff. We got we got some more things. Uh, we got some rapid fire topics coming up next. So stay tuned. Right after the break, we'll be back with uh, some X Men, some Robert Blyfield, and a little more sexism to go along with your show today. So stay tuned. All right, we're back. Here we go. We're gonna do some rapid fire because I didn't realize this topic was gonna go so well in the beginning. I mean, we really got into a great discussion there. So uh, this one, you know, as I've known that we. I know we discuss things and I forget them. I don't know anything about this X-Men pilot. Fox, this is from Newsarama today, uh, or actually from February 28th, sorry. Fox casts a new mutant and X-Men pilot. And of course it's not, no, it's not the new mutants. Um, Sean Teal, who 
was on Incorporated for Sci-Fi, will be in one of the lead roles in the expanded X-Men universe. It's a pilot that has yet to be shot. I don't even have a name for the show, but here's the description. A natural rebel compelled by circumstances to cooperate with others. Marcos is passionate and strong-willed fighter who sometimes let his emotions overrule reason. His alter ego, Eclipse, who possesses the ability to absorb and manipulate photons, is a newly created mutant for this expanded X-Men universe. Uh, it, it's written by Matt Nix and directed by Brian Singer. Uh, it's going to focus on two ordinary parents uh, who discover their children possess mutant powers. Uh, forced to go on the run from the hostile government, the family joins up with the underground network of mutants and must fight to survive. Does this sound familiar to anybody? Um, I actually wasn't tracking that this project had gone as far as it had. I remember hearing, God, I think we touched on it a little bit that maybe around the, the cloak and dagger time that there was going to be a new mutants vehicle. Um, but okay. um, I there limited details because I, I saw another story or another story earlier today or yesterday about some other characters that were in it and you could pick out certain analogs like um like one of the main characters it's it's not his name but it sounds like it's going to be forged based on the character description <sighs> that'd be great uh, so apparently we know that steven moyer is one of the fathers or is the father rather of the the two parents ordinary parents uh, Blair Redford is a Native American mutant named Sam that leads the underground network. That's is that the one you come out? It sounds like Forge. Yes, yes. And then um, Forge Native American. Yep. Yeah. And then um, there was a, a Blink, um, I believe. Jamie Chung yep. is recasted as Blink. Yeah. Yep. Really? Yeah. That's oh no. That's what it says. Yeah. I like Jamie Who, Chung. I'm not familiar with Jamie Chung. Who is that? Give me some. Give me some background. She's on Gotham. I've seen like three episodes of Gotham. What? I am, I am not the. She's I am Dale. not the. the I'm not the proselyte of DC on screen that everybody says that I am. I don't watch <laughs> half the stuff they watch. <laughs> you, oh, dude, somebody's dude, about dude, to get excommunicated. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you haven't been watching Gotham, I'm not saying you got to stay up on it week to week, but if you haven't been watching Gotham, you're missing out, man. Gotham. No, I do get that. Gotham is fantastic. Like I enjoy Gotham, not because it's set in the Batman story. I just enjoy, I would enjoy Gotham if all those characters were not DC characters. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously some of the, the rogues gallery, Batman's rogues gallery setup stuff doesn't have the same play if it's not DC, but the, the people that they cast and the stories that they're telling are very entertaining. I mean, it's a little campy at times, but I love that it's that campy. You know what I mean? Like, it's not. Yeah. It's yeah. It, it it's it's good stuff, man. You're really missing out. I'll try to I'll try to work it in. It's just there's I guess so much stuff. Well, like you and and it's my fault. But I it, when I first heard about it, I'm like, I don't want to watch Batman with no Batman in it. You know, I made a snap judgment before I watched it. So then I did. So on Netflix, and I've seen I think the first four, maybe five episodes. I love. Um, Lee, the the redhead, that's a partner with Gordon. Oh, come on, who's the 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 character? I'm I'm oh, blanking you're, on you're all the names. About, I know okay, he's you're a talking top. about you're talking about Dent. You're talking about or not Dent? Um, Harvey Bullock. You're talking about Bullock. No, not Dent. Donald Logue. Bullock. Yeah. Bullock. Yeah, I love that actor. Uh, Donald Logue is yeah. his name now, yeah. right? Yes. 
And was his name not before. now. I mean, it's always been his name. <laughs> yes, I'm saying I can remember it now. All the way, so. back, <laughs> all the way back to the Dow Steve. That was his name. Jimmy. Yeah, you're good. No, Jimmy. No, before that. Jimmy, Jimmy the cab driver, man. Come on, Chris. <laughs> Tell me you know Jimmy the cab yeah, driver. Yeah, from MTV. I'm tracking. I'm tracking. Yeah, okay. Oh, all right. All you're right. You're not talking to Paul. Anyway, I've seen yes. fish heads. I know what's going on. I remember when he <laughs> music videos. Yeah. It's a sad, sad day. When me and you can take a geek conversation away from Paul, and he's just clueless. He's he's McFauled all over the show. I'm just saying. I, that's a stretch. Yeah, you're, you're, you're really, really reaching now. I mean, if, if we want to talk about running away with a geek conversation, I think Chris and I could, like, I don't know, go to Warp 9 on your ass and just, just, just leave you back here on Earth. We, like, we, we lose uh, him at episode seven versus episode eight. You mean he'd be done, over, gone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, all right. We got some more stuff to get out of here before we get out. Shush. Shush, you two. Go sit in your corners. Uh, now, I, I I do recognize some names from comics. Uh, unless it's like my favorite author or, or artist or creator, I pretty much never track on who's who. I know we've talked about Rob Liefeld. I can't remember if that's a good or bad bad thing well I mean, that depends are you talking about feet and pouches and really big guns you know it could go either way on big guns but on feet and pouches that's <laughs> typically a negative do you like big guns with lots of barrels for no reason a good actually a jillion pouches and do you like a, a woman's spine to be shaped like a snake as as in <laughs> as in not real because it could never happen that way. Uh, also, are you a big fan of Captain America lifting with, the... <laughs> with so much ferocity that his chest isn't just swole? It is literally like <laughs> convex. It, it, like Dolly Parton is amazed at the size of. Oh, Captain I know America's... that Captain America. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah. yeah, that is Rob Liefeld. <laughs> so, so you're saying he's drawing Captain America like to look like Travis Jones? Yes. Yeah. If, if if you started by drawing a like head-on perspective of Travis Jones and then turned, you know, the perspective sideways when you finished the rest rest right. of the drawing and just left his chest out there in the yeah, middle of space from from legs uh, down, yeah. legs down it's a profile from the waist up it's a three quarter on the other side it's it's amazing yeah perspective is <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> To see what we're talking about, actually check out Blazing Defender Report. Uh, he did. He just did a Facebook Live video of his show. Chris, that was awesome. You grabbed it and put it on our page. You can go check it out. That dude, he's he works no, well, out. Travis is that's a real life superhero. That. You know, that's, that's he neither is, here. Yeah. Actually, truly is. He's a firefighter. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. he's a real life superhero. Um, okay, well, and I guess I'll just I'll just go ahead and suck eggs over here in my army job. Thanks. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool. I mean, well, I just. I mean, you kill people. We hate you. I just defend his, Down with the I man. defend his right to fight fires, but it's cool. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. yeah. <laughs> you know. Wait, you make sure the pencils show up at the right desk at the right time. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Without those pencils, enemies don't die, Charles. Enemies don't die. <laughs> All right, back to Liefeld. Uh, but definitely, you know what? we love Travis. You know Check what? out Liefeld Lizzie Defender Report. Makes die a little part of my soul. So, um, oh, wow. so I'm looking at the preview art for this project. Uh, so yeah. the, the news yes. here, I'm getting ahead of myself. The news here is that Liefeld is coming back to do Deadpool in Deadpool Bad Blood. He's doing the cover. He's doing the, the page to page art. And he's also doing the writing. And Minus the feet. 
Mm, yeah. Uh, well, if you look at the preview art, I see it. Yep. I see. There's it. this great. He drew it. There's he, this. Darkwing Duck is on the bottom of Deadpool's yeah, leg. There's this great <laughs> panel. It's a full page panel with Deadpool in front of the moon with, you know, nondescript buildings in the background, uh, little mini explosions going off around him. And everything looks pretty. Well, no, his torso looks messed up, too. The face and pouches look great. It's classic Deadpool. Uh, but, man, I felt just cannot do feet, man. Because this oh, one I... foot looks like a cloven hoof, and and well, and which is a step up because normally he figures any way he can to just obscure the feet because he can't draw them and he knows it. But I mean, I'm looking at the cover for it, and one of our favorite things when we see Deadpool is his swords, and it's almost like Wolverine's claws in the '90s. It was it was like a contest to see how long you could draw his claws and still make it believable. And right. he, he's got a steak knife in his hand, but you know that's supposed to be his katana. <laughs> You've got Shatterstar oh. in the background with his two swords, which are supposed to be the length of katanas, and they're maybe machete length. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Without yeah. Life, you don't get Deadpool. Without Lifefield, you don't get Cable. So he, his influence uh. is felt, but it's like George Lucas directing. Rob, thank you for the characters. You no longer need to draw them. We have people for that. <laughs> now, he's supposed to be working with Chris Sims and Chad Bowers from X-Men 92. I love Deadpool. I'm going to read this, but yeah, I'm looking at it going, well, I mean, that's just, that, that's so, just okay, funny. We, we joke about life but like realistically he's responsible for some amazing characters and he's responsible mm -hmm. for incredible artistic representations of those characters. Uh, you know, the design principles are there. Like, I mean, yeah, the pouches thing, we talk about it, but it's, it's fine on certain characters, you know, have it. Cause I mean, ultimately Batman's whole spiel has been the utility belt, you know. I mean, it, it's not that's, always. That's one, it's that's not shown, belt. but it's not shown prominently in art anymore, or generally very often. But there, you know, the idea was always that he had a utility belt that had like everything on it. You know what I mean? Liefeld mm -hmm. kind of took right. that concept and just put it on every single character all the time. Um, and sometimes it looks fine. Like this, this cover art, the belt that Deadpool's wearing is a Deadpool belt to me. Okay. You know what I mean? It looks fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely, but. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. the cable that we don't see where there's the belt and there's the, the thigh belt and the th other yeah. thigh belt and then the, the, right. the chest bandolier. Mm. And <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah, there's there's a lot of that. But uh, he he has been he has designed some awesome characters over the and years. And we can't forget Savage Dragon. We can't forget what what he and Todd McFarlane <sighs> did in, in the creation of Image and, and fighting for the creator's rights and things like that. You know, I mean. Again, it's yeah. it's like Paul said. We we kid we kid the Rod Liefeld. We love him, but you know, you, you can't you cannot deny his influence on comics and the difference that he's made in places. Right. And again, you know, with, we wouldn't have gotten that joy from Ryan Reynolds two years ago without mm. Rod Liefeld. Yeah, particularly if you if you yeah. love '90s era comics like I do, like that. It's you know honestly my favorite mm -hmm. era. It's my era because it's what I grew up on. Um, it's you know those images from the '90s are what got me into comics. Um, you know, he's a big part of that. Cause like some of those image books that he worked on, they're fantastically over the top, but in a cool way, you know, like, I mean, the imagery is really compelling, even if it doesn't make a lot of sense sometimes. Mm -hmm. you know? Now this last little tidbit, uh, is, is more comic book adjacent. A lot of geeks are into wrestling, but I said, the second I saw this, 
I don't know why I thought this. Like Chris Wisdom's all over this. This is this screams Chris Wisdom to me. Whoa, Netflix first of, of wrestling. Gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Netflix has released a teaser for the Glow show that they're doing, which is all about the fictional telling of all uh, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, uh, which is the 80s, uh, was in the 80s, and it is neon pink ropes and gaudy spandex, and it's going to star community uh, alum Allison Brie. Uh, who uh, was so, uh, one of the fun ones? You all had of me at ones. Yeah, it's gonna be. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured. I thought so. But here, no, but but to really, I know I had you at the steak dinner, but I'm gonna give you a, a, a nice dessert to go with it. It comes. Well, maybe you don't like this, but I like this. It comes from creator Gingy Cohan, oh. who did Orange Is New Black and Weeds. Yep. Okay, I loved Weeds for a while. Yeah, it got kind of old towards the end. It, you know, how long can you? do what they did but i did like the first four seasons <laughs> how many times should she have been dead i, I know right it's yeah but apparently never mind you know we're gonna, we're gonna get some adult talk here so we need to move on uh but yeah so it's gonna be a netflix uh 10 episode season coming uh they announced the day it was at the end of the video i'm not gonna play the video again uh to watch it but it's coming uh fairly soon so chris are you are you a wrestler or were you because you just strike me as Wrestling's your thing. Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I am honestly, I'm personally surprised. I think we've had this discussion before. I am surprised that that is how you choose to pronounce it, being from where you're from, and Uncle Ted. <laughs> that's wrestling country. I'm not, a, I'm not a redneck, man. I just grew up around them. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. I, I've it's been not a wrestling fan, a WWF fan for for years. Um, I, I probably yeah. haven't been in into it as much in the last few years but anytime i hear the rock's gonna be on i tune in so or, or if i know he stone cold just went back uh last week didn't he two weeks yeah because i think they were uh there's i i think he's got a match at wrestlemania i believe something he's got something popping yeah. and i think i just saw news that Everything. the hardy boys are possibly going to be making a comeback because their tna contracts oh. ended so you know i gotta tell you I won tickets to SummerSlam uh, 02, I think, 03, and The Rock was still there in his heyday. The Hardy Boys were there. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, who was my favorite at the time, was there. I was watching this with friends, and my wife and I went. I got to tell you, watching Jeff Hardy flip off the top of a cage through a table is is breathtaking. I mean, it's amazing. As you never go for the story, right, but... The, the the stunts, if you want to call them that, that, the physical acting they do, it can be amazing. And and those Hardy Boys are something else mm-hmm. when it comes to that. There you go. Kotz, uh, what about you? You're, you're a wrestler? Not at all. Like, <laughs> I didn't, see, I didn't think you were uh, at man. all. It's, it's, a, it's an object of contention with some of my friends because I have friends who are, you know, uh, wrestling fans. And I, I just don't. I was as a kid, like, don't get me wrong. I grew up in the eighties and nineties. So, you know, classic, like Hulk Hogan, hulking, you know, hulking out all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff that was on my radar as a kid. I watched it. I even watched it in the nineties when it was all trashy and like, you know, kind Attitude of crazy. Era. Yeah. Um, yeah. but like once I, once I hit like junior high age, it just, I was like, Oh, this is like super dumb. And I'm sorry. Like I say that, people like what they like you know i don't want to disrespect anybody else i just like when i got old enough to it was kind of like santa claus for me when i got old enough to realize that it was all fake 
and all the drama was Whoa. completely manufactured too. Um, <laughs> Easy with the fake. Easy with the fake. You don't. You don't. When you're faking, scripted you don't, you and don't produced, career-ending injuries from faking. <laughs> it is scripted. So, no, well, well, well absolutely. I'm, Outcomes we I'm, they know going in. But. I'm with. Well, see, okay. Uh, all right, soapbox time. <laughs> you guys did it. Here's my issue with wrestling: is my issue with wrestling is that I don't like the whole trashy attitude that it surrounds it. Like the whole, like it's just like. In many ways, I feel like it often accentuates, like, oh, man, it really pumps up some of the worst aspects of American culture, like the just mm-hmm. bravado nonsense, like the, 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 uh, the just the, the, it's so soap opery. It's so like trashy. And I get that people dig that. And I'm not trying to like crap all over people who enjoy that, but it just, it puts such a nasty taste in my mouth and I just don't enjoy that at all. Like I don't, but I, now that being said, I do very much respect the physical requirements. Like I, they train really hard. They do great work. You know what I mean? I mean like their stunts, how, whatever you want to call it, you know, is incredible. It's just not my thing, and I don't like the high, the whole kind of subculture that surrounds it. It's kind of weird, though, because I am a mixed martial arts fan, and there is some of that that bleeds over. Obviously, especially you know when people like Brock yeah. come over and become a mm-hmm. world champion. You know what I mean? Um, but like, I respect their physical capabilities. I respect that aspect of it, but I don't like the drama. I don't like like I just think it's really it's fake and trashy to me and I just don't enjoy it at all. And I, I see a lot of people who get wrapped up in it that just get, it just like, ugh. I don't know. And I understand that it's all, you know, heroes and heels and everything. It's really no different than comic books or whatever. And it's just as valid as like any comic book show or whatever. I get it, but it's just not my thing, man. I don't know. I just can't, Nope. But a, a big part of that, too, is because we do have mixed martial arts. We have combat sports now, you know, and they're it, that is infinitely more interesting to me um, because I, I like to see that same raw physicality in a actual competition. You know what I mean? Where it's like you can and I could go on and on about how mixed martial arts is intellectually stimulating too because there's just so much going on with the the various disciplines that go into it and the development of that sport and how you know you can really like if you're a fan of it you know what i'm talking about if you're not just it's not just people punching each other it's really complicated there's no top rope how can it how complicated (laughs) can it be if you're not working off the top rope uh, very, very <laughs> at no point is Mr. Fuji going to blow dust in your eyes, blind you momentarily for somebody to steal the championship away from you. And it was yours. It's yours. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's, uh, well, there's definitely no like chatter or ch- uh, chair or ladder hits or anything like that, you know? So, yeah, I mean, it is, it is definitely a low rent version of wrestling. Who am I kidding? there's no there's no no rock promos to be cut come on dude okay the the rock's a bit long in the tooth for it but if he ever wanted to like go like take a bout in heavyweight that would be fun to watch 
Um, that would be fun to watch. I don't yeah. think he ever would though, because he's he's got an attractive face and he's a movie star. Yeah, I was so, say, like, he's pretty yeah, it's like you can't mess up his face at this point in his career. Yep. That that's why he can go back you know, to wrestle because they say not I the mean, face. That's that's the thing though too yeah. is like as much as I it, as strong as my feelings are about wrestling, I, and I always try to like you know balance it out by saying I respect the talent of those people. Like The Rock is a fine actor; he's great. You know what I mean? Like I'm mm-hmm. glad his career springboarded out of all of that. Um, and there's other guys too that are like very respectable. You know what I mean? Like as far as their acting chops and their personality and everything. Um, and then I know that they're just playing roles and stuff and there's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, so yeah, there, there's talent there. There's absolutely talent there. Um, and I don't want to downplay that. I, I really don't. Um, it's just not my thing. And, and the, the, the kind of attitudes and community that's surrounded aren't really my thing either. I like, similarly when yeah. i talk about mma i don't like the trashy mma fighters i don't like the ones that shit talk all the time or you know i like the guys who are humble and you know show a lot of respect show a lot of respect for the disciplines that are involved in their training and all that stuff i don't like the guys who clearly you know drank a 12 pack the night before and then just showed up <laughs> you know like because there's there's some of that you know what i mean and there's some guys who just talk a massive amount of smack and it's entertaining to a certain degree. Don't get me wrong. Like when they're doing a weigh in and the guys start trading blows right there at the weigh in, I mean, it's spectacle, but um, I really like the more, you know, the, the technical aspects of it and the, the more intellectual side of it and the, the, the respect and humility. And I really like seeing, you know, the people who treat their training as, as very serious and, you know, it's, I like the fact that a lot of combat um, sport martial artists really push the boundaries of sports science and, you know, what we can do with our bodies. You know what I mean? So um, I find that really interesting and fascinating. So if you would like to send your hate mail to Paul Klotz, it's BTP at Giant Size Team Up. All right. So I've angered the ladies today. I've angered wrestling fans, possibly even black folk. A little racist. Yeah. A little racist. It's okay. Uh-huh. And, and and don't forget, you not only did you piss off the wrestling fans, you pissed off the wrestling fans, and those are the ones you really need to watch. Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> well, go, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash breaking the panel. Leave your comments there about it. Uh, email us, like we said, at btp at giantsizeteamup.com. Find us on iTunes and rate the show. We'd love to hear from you uh, with a rating or an email or a post, those kind of things. Twitter is at Panel Breakers. And, of course, we'd love your support. Patreon.com forward slash Breaking the Panel. Go check that out. Help us out. We'd love you a long time. Tune in next week to hear Chris Wisdom say. (laughs) Breaking the Panel is the flagship podcast on the Giant Size Team Up Network. You can support the show at Patreon.com slash Breaking the Panel, and you'll find more of our amazing podcasts at GiantSizeTeamUp.com.